Who are they playing? Ohio State. I used to I used to come up to Market Square and watch Butler put a beat down on my Musketeers when I was back in the day. Back in the day, back in the day, the old MCC. That's right. That was good days. Oh yeah. started. Uh, welcome everybody to the second uh, Indie Social Media Breakfast and the what we're labeling it the great ghost blogging debate. Um, at no point did we think this was going to be a topic of ours, but it sprang up on Twitter one day and a whole slew of people put in their uh, two cents, so we thought this is perfect uh, to have us have a debate <coughs> on the topic. So some of the feedback we got from the last time is that John and I did a very poor job of introducing who we were. So, um, my name is Chuck Ghost. Some people think it's Goose. It's Ghost. I've been called worse. Um, and I work for a company called MediaTile, which is a software company based out of California. Uh, and I'm going to hand it over to John, and he's going to uh, talk about the sponsors who helped us put this on, and then we'll come back and talk about the debate. Yeah. Um, and so I am. My name is John Palmer. Uh, J.W. Palmer, I'm that guy who looks really funny. Thanks. Chuck's making sure I'm on screen because we're used streaming. Sorry, I just don't have that TV personality. I'm not used to being on camera. Um, Nicole, you can help him. <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I work for a company called Media Sauce. We do uh, digital strategy and marketing. And uh, so I have a lot of different roles there, but um, we can talk about that too if you want sometime. Our sponsors, though, are really um, the stars of the day because uh, they obviously make a location and then this great food possible for us. So um, first I wanted to introduce Jessica Rogers uh, to come and just say a couple words about United Way uh, of Central Indiana and uh, any other thoughts that you have. Do yeah. I have to be on camera? It's all. Yes, <laughs> somewhere between the podium and that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Jessica. Um, on behalf of everyone at United Way, welcome to our, our home. Um, Everyone was really thrilled that we were able to host this event off of the space. Even those who have no idea what we're talking about here, because I did have to explain what ghost blogging was and Twitter for about the 50th time. So, um, <laughs> but everyone's excited just the same. Um, if I can take like just a minute to give a little commercial. Um, a couple of things I'd like to mention. If you guys haven't seen our really fun project we've been working on, it's liveunitedgiveunited.org. Um, I don't know where Chad went. Oh, Chad's over here. Um, our, our friends at Firebelly, Chad Richards, and our friends up at Epigram and Broderpool, and then, of course, Eli Lilly has made that possible for us to um, put together this really great project. Last week, we kind of had round two, and we launched a video with some of our local social media stars, including Lindsay. Um, I don't think Nikki made it, uh, and I don't think anyone else here was in the video, but if you haven't seen it, please take just a second to, to watch that video and help us share it. Um, that was kind of the... The idea was to pass that on through Twitter and Facebook, so it's been really cool. And um, we left a couple of items in your seats, if you don't mind. The first is United Christmas Service, and this is a program that United Way has been a part of for many, many years. This is 
helping those in our community who don't have what they might need. And, and it's not even about Christmas gifts. It's, you know, these, these are people who don't have some of the basic necessities. Um, Christmas service runs through next Friday, and there are still about 600 families that have not been matched. And, um, you know, we're looking for any, any help you can give. You can adopt a family, you can make a monetary donation, or we have the really great Sunrise Cookbook that is, um, is a lot of the uh, local news and media people and, and national. Um, these are for sale at Marsh for $10 each if you want the 2009, or if you're willing to buy the 2008, we have those over here and we would sell those as well. Um, they're very different and very cool. So those are available, and um, aside from the cost of printing, all of the money goes to Christmas service. So. Just something we wanted to share. And the other exciting event is Oscar Night, which is in March. This event is put on by Emerging Leaders Group. It's a lot of fun. Um, costumes are welcome. I was telling my new friend Ryan about costumes being um, encouraged. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And kind of like the regular Oscars, it's worth it to go just for the food and the swag, if you, even if you aren't even interested in the program. So those were just a couple of things I wanted to share with you guys. Beyond that, um, Housekeeping-wise, restrooms are down the hall here to the left if you need that. And if, if you need anything else, let me know or, or one of our other friendly United Way staff, and we're glad to help out. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for your Yeah, thanks for hosting us. Definitely appreciate it. Always got to have a location to have an event, um, so it's absolutely essential. Uh, the other person that makes this happen is Christine from uh, Panera. Hi, good morning everybody. I hope that you're all energized now that we've got some fresh coffee um, going for you. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pass around um, just a bowl, like the gentleman said here, I'm with Panera Bread and I handle the catering for Indianapolis and the surrounding area. So if you guys have any catering needs, I've lost some of my business cards over there. Today we brought our cinnamon crumb cake, which is a new special that we have just for the holiday season. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And then we also had some mini pastries. Um, so you won't see the mini pastries in our cafes, but if you ever want mini pastries, you can special order them through me. Um, but I'm going to pass around the bowl for business cards. So if you guys are interested, I'm going to be doing a drawing just at the end. As soon as we're done, I'll do a quick drawing and let you know that you've won. Um, and it's going to be for a free lunch in your office. It's for um, five people. So you get sandwiches and salad or soup and cookies and all sorts of delicious items. So if you're interested, drop it in um, and we'll do the drawing at the end. So thanks for letting me be part of it again. <coughs> Yeah, we're um, really, really appreciative of, of Panera for stepping up early, you know, for these last two breakfasts and then the not-for-profit community because that's what truly allows us to do these events um, free of charge. So well, now we'll move on to the meat, I guess, of, of our day. Um, first, I'll introduce uh, Raquel Richardson. She is the owner of Silver Square, doesn't raise your hand, Silver Square Design and Marketing. Um, she's a Butler grad, yay. Um, and, and she's very well known throughout the community, both for the work she does at Silver Square, as well as just various community efforts um, here in central Indiana. And you are on the con side of ghost blogging. Uh, on the far side over there, we have Ryan Puckett, who has his own uh, PR, freelance, communications <laughs> company. Uh, Ryan is an IU grad. Uh, but also a Northwestern grad. Big Ten. Big Ten. Unfortunately, a Cubs fan. Um, and, and, and Ryan was also very actively uh, participating in the debate uh, that took place on Twitter that one day. Uh, so, of course, we wanted to have him be part of, 
of today's festivities. Uh, and then moderating, we had Daniel Lally, who came all the way up from Cincinnati uh, to moderate the debate. And we wanted to do that because uh, we wanted to have a complete third party, unbiased uh, person kind of driving the, driving the debate. Um, Daniel is a VP of PR for Powers Agency in Cincinnati. Uh, but also, he is one of the co-founders of the Cincinnati Social Media Breakfast. Uh, so he puts on those breakfasts down, uh, just down 74. And John and I, that was actually some of the first breakfasts we went to were the ones that Cincinnati put on to see if we wanted to do them here. Um, they're second to none as far as putting on the events. We might be coming up to tying with them maybe second to none here. But um, they do a phenomenal job with it. Uh, so what we're going to do here first is have uh, essentially uh, Ryan and Raquel kind of give an opening statement of, of their uh, stand on ghost blogging, and then Daniel, it's your show okay. after that. Can I just say oh, a little, go right ahead. Quick, right ahead. Um, yeah, I first, I first met Chuck and John, uh, I think it was in April. They came down to uh, a, a, a social media breakfast we put on down in Cincinnati. And we're excited to, um, to, to be working with groups in other markets, we've actually expanded what we do in, in Cincinnati and we're no longer Cincinnati Social Media Breakfast, we're Cincinnati Social Media and we do lunches and we do happy hours and we are doing projects and, and uh, coming up in 2010 we're going to be having some community projects. The, the idea of our group, the philosophy of it is that it's all well and good to talk about social media. Um, I like to say that um, social media in, in 2009 is like sex in junior high school. There's a lot of people talking about it. Uh, and they're generally not the same people. And what we're trying to do is bring those together. Not That's, that's where the junior high represents. Um, but uh, th this is, this is a, 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 a debate. When, when Chuck reached out for me to do this, I, I was very interested in it because as a PR guy, I'm um, um, there's a, an old line from, uh, to borrow it from Mark Twain, and you know, I, I may not believe in ghost blogging, but it would be hazardous to offer me money to do it. Um, the, um, so I'm, I'm a little bit agnostic on it. I don't know how I shake out on, on this issue, so I'm kind of interested in, uh, in, in some, of the, uh, uh, some of the arguments and some of the questions we'll have today. And I'm going to stay out of this as much as possible because I'm easy to find and I don't want anybody tracking me down. But um, I'd like to start off with, um, with Raquel uh, on, uh, and ask her to just sort of give her, her opening argument, as it were, for what the heck is wrong with ghost blogging. Well, thank you. Um, and thank you for coming, and Chuck, thanks for having me. Um, I did not prepare a three-page statement, so maybe it's better that I start those. <laughs> Sorry, that's my only zinger for the day, so I had to, I had to lead with it, you know? So um, my, my basis here is, and actually Ryan and I had a healthy conversation about this already, that um, it's not necessarily that ghost blogging is or is not um, a, a bad thing. Um, I think it's how it's proposed in um, the situation at the time. So um, I think where this all loops around is that initially blogging was a personal way to communicate what you wanted to say about something. It was, they were developed, in my opinion, because um, we were sick of what the news, what the journalists were saying, or it, we were disagreeing with um, how something was presented in general, or we just wanted an outlet to, to have our voice out in the world. 
So um, what happened then is that um, I think our profession um, said, this is a communication tool, and we should communicate through this medium. And I think that's where maybe the, the problem kind of starts. Um, I don't view it as a communication tool in terms of it's just a way to get out information. I still think that there's a line with um, who is offering that information. Um, a lot of people talk about, well, who cares who typed it or who cares who put the keystroke on there. Um, I don't think it's about that. I think the authorship is where the line is, and um, that's where you'll be seeing all my comments come from. Thanks, Chuck, John, everybody for coming. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. You know, I had no idea that I was going to get myself into this mess. <laughs> you know, what, what happened with me at the ghost blogging thing is I, I read Lindsay's uh, blog post that she had, uh, and it was a Friday afternoon, and I saw several comments um, on it, and I, I thought, you know what? Do I really want to chime into this debate? Uh, and I, I decided, no, I didn't want to chime in. And so I left the window open, apparently. And so Saturday morning, when I should have been getting ready to take on the day and everything and going to the farmer's market, um, I actually decided to write a post. And then on Monday morning, I felt like, whew, got sort of uh, attacked, really, uh, you know, barely. Um, by one person, and then just kind of <laughs> just kind of uh, went on and on, and you it know, was not me. It was not her. It was not her. Uh, you know, and I don't mean any ill will towards that person, um, but you know, we just kind of went back and forth all day long, and so now here I am in this thing. I don't even really consider myself a ghost blogger. Um, you know, I'm a PR guy too. Uh, that's my background. I do all sorts of marketing communications and. You know, I've studied public relations in graduate school, like Chuck mentioned, I went to Northwestern for that. Um, and so, like, I don't put the term ghost blogger on me, I kind of consider myself a writer, first and foremost, uh, and like, you know, kind of a communication strategist. But nevertheless, um, I do ghost blog. Uh, I, and so I thought to kind of introduce my side, I would say what, how I do it, and kind of why I don't think that it's all that unethical. Um, I ghost blog for my dad. Yes, it's true. Uh, he's a realtor. Check out MikeBucketRealtor.com. <laughs> if you need a really good realtor, he's your guy. It is realtor, not realtor. And uh, that's one of the things I learned. Um, basically, the process is like this. Um, he sends me an idea with his thoughts. And he writes them down. Sometimes he even writes a post. And he sends it to me via email. My dad's not a very good writer. Uh, he's really good at sales. I take that post and I read it once without doing anything to it. And then what I do after that is I do a little fact checking. I make sure is this right. I find some links to kind of enrich his story and be able to tell people, yes, what he's saying is true, that kind of thing. Uh, and then I, I edit it, I, I, re I rewrite it really. Uh, sometimes I'll completely rewrite it, sometimes I just change a few words, um, and then I send it back to him. I say, what do you think? Most of the time he just likes it immediately, sometimes he thinks I need to clarify something, and we discuss it. And I don't ever send, then eventually what I do is I put it up on his blog, and uh, it does say, you know, Mike Puckett, 
posted by Mike Puckett, actually. And uh, you know, some of these blogs actually, you know, say posted by so and so. So in other words, if it's posted by somebody, does that mean that they wrote it? I mean, I think that that connotates that they wrote it, but nevertheless, I just wanted to bring that point up too. Um, so his post goes up, and then that's really the end of it. There aren't really too many. He's never really gotten any comments on his blog, and. That's not the point of his blog. I think for some people, getting comments is part of the point. For his blog, the point is, I'm trying to dispense real estate information to people who are clients, who might be clients, et cetera. And uh, if he did have comments, I wouldn't comment back to those people without getting his two cents on the thing or having him do it himself. Now, that might involve a little bit of computer training and you know how that goes with your parents. Have you ever done <laughs> IT tech on the phone? I heard John Mayer did that uh, with his dad and got caught doing that. But anyhow, that's what I do. Um, do I think that it would be great if he could do his own stuff and post it? Yes, I think it would be awesome. I think it would be awesome if my dad uh, could do Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. But you know what? He's like 62-ish, and he's never been a computer guy in the first place. He's really good at sales. He's not really good at communications, and he's not really good at computers. Does that mean that he should not be allowed to participate in online marketing? And that's why I think that having somebody help you, aka ghosting, uh, is ethical. I think that we've been doing this for a long time. Moses had Aaron, okay? There was a PR guy for Moses. His name was Aaron. And he was the spokesperson for Moses. Now, everybody knew it was coming from somebody else. And they even knew that Moses wasn't the originator. But they knew that they knew when Aaron spoke that he represented everybody. Now, uh, some people will say, I'm sure Raquel will do this for us, that, you know, well, you should always let them know that you're saying it and that you're saying it for so and so else. I think that that is a valid point. However, I also think that it's kind of irrelevant. It's, for me, this whole thing is really, um, it's, it's, all about, it's all about the message. So, I mean, I'm going a little long, and like Raquel said, I got a couple of pages. But I basically have three main points for why I think that <clears throat> ghost blogging is ethical. It's about the message. It's not about the medium. Just because we're using online, uh, it doesn't change the way that the PR and marketing and industry works. Um, if you have a blog that is about you and your personal life, if you have somebody ghost blogging that for you, you have serious issues. Okay? <laughs> That's not what I think. And, 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 if, and if I did that, I, I, I think that that would be unethical, especially if I was somebody famous. I, I heard that Jane Fonda had a blog, and, uh, or has a blog, and she said, how could anybody else tell you what it's like to do acting or to be on Broadway besides myself? How can I, how can I do that? So I'm writing the blog. Of course, Jane Fonda should be doing her own blog. Now, if she had somebody help clean her up, clean up her writing a little bit, do you think that it needs to be, say, edited by Ryan Puckett? It doesn't matter to me. And that brings me to my second point. It's, and this is really a point borrowed from good old Robbie over here. It's about, it's also about the audience's expectation. You know, if the audience cares, then you mean you need to reconsider. Like, is it a personal blog or is it a comp company blog? But if the audience doesn't care, then why are we yakking about it all day online? Um, so, you know, it's basically, 
I don't want to say just because everybody does it that it's right, because I think we all know that that's kind of gets us off into trouble. But it, it, it's, it's really, again, what does the audience think about that? And then the last thing that, uh, that I'll say, and then I'll sit down and shut up for a minute at least, it's, it's about the objective. What are you trying to accomplish? You know, if, if it's a CEO, uh, you know, I used to work at Clarion Health. So if the CEO of Clarion wants to talk to all employees and somebody else writes it and they never touch it, well, they're not really doing a good job of connecting with all the employees. And I think that that's unethical. However, if the CEO is just trying to tell you about all the great things that the hospital is trying to accomplish and issues related to healthcare and just be a voice of expertise in their field, I see somebody who's trying to write that, somebody hiring somebody like myself or, or Lindsay or Eric Deckers or you know, all these people that we all kind of hear about when we're online all the time. Some of them really exist, some of them don't. Uh, you know, I just don't see a problem with it. I just don't have a problem with it. So anyhow, those are my introductory remarks. Thank you for your attention. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Uh, I want to open up, I guess, with a question for Ryan, and that is that um, when, when we talk about a blog, which is a web log, um, it is traditionally, by definition, a personal communication, not a professional communication vehicle, something right. that's produced. So how does that factor into your equation as to whether having a... Uh, uh, is it already being presented as being personal simply because we call it a blog? That's an excellent question. I, I, I think, <laughs> I don't think that it's that. I, I think that we're still kind of redefining every day what blogging is. Uh, like Raquel said, you know, originally what we did is we wanted no filter and we wanted an outlet to say what we wanted to say. Uh, and I remember uh, I was sitting, when I lived in Evanston, my wife was like following somebody's blog and they were basically doing it the way that we do Twitter now. Somebody was just writing something every few seconds. It wasn't like big long posts. They were just writing a few little tidbits. It was like a chat or like kind of like a Twitter stream. Um, you know, that, it, when you think of blogging, it, it was sort of a personal expression. But we have taken blogging, we have started using the concept for marketing and communications. And so therefore, I think that that kind of changes you know, it kind of puts it kind of puts the issue of ghosting into two categories. What kind of blog are you talking about, Raquel? Do you think it's just a matter of semantics? I mean, if 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 Ryan were to call his his ghost blog that he does for his father something else, would it be okay if he called it instead? He called it Mike's online newsletter. Well, I'm. I feel like we're, we're jumping. Okay, so first of all, with um, if he, I would call that editing. I would not call that ghost blogging personally. Um, and I, you know, it's probably going to behoove this whole conversation if we define what, you know, ghost blogging is. And like I said, I have the problem there with the authorship. Um, I, I don't, if, I mean, you said yourself that your dad um, writes something, sometimes he writes an entire post and then he sends it to you. You clean it up. Um, that is not ghost blogging in my opinion. I don't know if, if there's anyone in agreement, but I, I see that as editing. I see that as a very common practice. Um, in the PR world, um, I should probably disclaim here, I'm not actually um, a member of PRSA or a PR professional. I'm actually in American Marketing Association. Um, so I'm not completely familiar with all your bylaws in the PR world, but um, I don't consider that ghost blogging. Um, so 
maybe it is some semantics, but um, yes, defining what ghost blogging is or is not is probably a valuable conversation within itself. Well, we've only got an hour, so I'm not sure we can <laughs> go through all of that. But is it when you say that um, that it has that it should be personal and should be written by the person whose name is on it? Um, isn't that holding a website or a blog or social media to a standard that has never been applied to any other medium? Yes, and I think that's what's great about it. Um, we as uh, we we want that transparency. We want that um, interaction. You know, before you would kind of have to, if you wanted to speak to um, your audience, you might have to um, put an ad in the paper or run an event or there are all these other tactics that you would do to communicate with someone. <coughs> then you know, hence a blog comes along. It's 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 a way to have that interaction and that intimacy on a level that we've never had before. And that is what originally was so great about it. That's why they took off. Um, that's why people love it. You feel like you, you're, that's that person's um, voice and their thoughts and sometimes they're very personal thoughts on something. So you, it, I do feel that there's a little bit of you're, you're getting snowed if you realize then that, oh, that wasn't the person writing that. Um, somebody was completely just, you know, putting something together for them. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's why it's so, so great. Ryan, is it fair to say that, um, Social media in general and blogging in particular are more personal media than a printed newsletter or a newspaper or a radio cast? Sure, I think uh, in a pure sense, it's absolutely fair to say that. So then, to, to Raquel's point, do you feel that when you, when you have an intermediary, when you have a ghost blogger or a copy editor um, does that violate the trust that's inherent in the medium? No. <laughs> you know, in PR, what they tell you to do is answer the question and be actually, quiet. I think that's <laughs> actually, I think that's law school. Uh, yeah. No, seriously, uh, I, I don't think it takes away from the personalization. It depends. It, it depends on the level of influence that the person who's doing the, the copywriting or the editing or the ghost blogging or whatever you want to call it, uh, does it still reflect the author? You know, I heard a thing on NPR yesterday, um, one of Obama's speech writers, and he said that he used a word from the audacity of hope in a speech. Uh, I think it was like the pulse. And he, and he used that in one of the speeches that he wrote. It, it kind of gave it, it made sure that the Obama voice was still in the speech that this guy wrote. Um, all the things that he's writing, they're that other person's ideas. So I really just see it as you're facilitating the medium. We can't take, when I said it was about the message, not the medium, what you're doing is you're, when, when we're talking about blogging uh, for you know, a company, which is the only time I really think anybody's going to use a ghoster, uh, a ghost writer. You know, it, it's no different than all these other things. I think it's completely unfair to actually take it so it only applies to blogs. You know, this, this only applies to this one type of communication where, you know, we, we do this kind of thing for all other types of things, and, and some people have a problem with it, some people don't have a problem. And I actually want to say this point, too. I think that's why this is a gray area. I think that's why there's a debate. You know, one of the things that I say is that 
for me, black ends and white begins here. For somebody else, it's over here. And that's why, you know, you need to form your own opinion. But this is definitely a gray area. This is not a black and white issue. And, and let me just say this. <laughs> this is not a black and white issue. So when you just say the argument's over and that uh, you're wrong and it's lying, so why debate it? You have really missed the point. You have really missed the point. Um, don't, it's not a black and white issue. People are entitled to their other opinions. And so when, when you do that, you really, you really make yourself look bad. You really do. Let's take speech writing. Um, <clears throat> when Obama then delivered that speech, there was a validation factor there with he was delivering it. He was saying it. There was an authenticity coming through because he was adding his tonation, his body language. He was delivering something that, wow, Robbie, that's quite a reaction. It was quite a... <laughs> um, it, there's, the, the validation is taking place because he's delivering this. Um, there is, that's not taking place on a blog. There's, it, it's... It's, it's a, s a snow factor in that you think that somebody is still is authoring that and doing that, but they're really not. And so I don't compare it to speech writing at all because somebody may do that speech, but there's, there's the validity factor of he ultimately or she would ultimately deliver that speech. Um, so let's, let's, take, let's take the actual physical delivery of the speech out of the equation for a second, though. If, uh, you can't. How can you take that out? I'm getting to it. <laughs> <laughs> if there's an earthquake in Honduras, very often the White House will release a statement. A statement from the President of the United States. Has he written it? Has he typed it? Has he ever said it out loud? So is that valid ethically according to your blog theory? Those are we all know that the speechwriter or the the press secretary actually is sometimes if the president is not doing that then either the secretary of state or or the press secretary is delivering that message that's their job um, I don't see it related at all I I see that it is related uh, because again you know back to one of my main points it, it's about the audience's expectation does the audience know that this represents the president's point of view. Yes. So whoever delivers it, so be it. You know, it's, it, but does it actually reflect the President of the United States' opinions and how he stands on the issue? It better. And if it doesn't, that's when the trouble is going to begin. That's where the unethical side comes in. If you've got somebody coming in who just does it without any approval process and there's no involvement by the other place, I think we can all agree that actually is a black and white issue. Uh, you know, if I just write for Dad and, you know, use it as, and he never sees it or anything, and then somebody talks to him on the street, like, I love that thing you wrote about, that doesn't usually happen, but I love that thing that you wrote about such and such, uh, and he's like, yeah, no idea what you're talking about. Well, then that's when it becomes a problem, and I don't think that you're going to see Obama, for instance, uh, send a statement about, you know, something in Honduras and be like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, because these guys brief these, you know, dudes around the table every morning and just batter them with all types of information. This is what I'm working on, what I'm working on, what I'm working on. And you know, I, can't th I kind of think that that's like a, somebody who's going to use ghost blogging. They're using all these people to help them accomplish the goal of the leader. And you know, I just don't think you can really quite separate it out. I understand. Believe me, I understand the personalization part of the blog. So 
I'm sure we'll get to Twitter well, at some point. Well, and that's yeah. actually, I, I agree with that too, that um, probably not supposed to agree with you, but I, that's where I define. It makes my <laughs> That's where I define the ghost blogging. If the, if the individual has someone truly doing all the writing and they're just constantly posting something up that they have never seen, never validated, never supplied, never reviewed, that's definitely where I would have a big problem. Ryan, uh, you're a PR guy, I'm a PR guy. Occasionally you write a news release or an article mm -hmm. and you need to put words in somebody's mouth. You need to yeah. create a quote for somebody, right. either because it helps the flow or because it's important that the leader of an organization make this statement. Sure. So what is, how, how do you compare and contrast writing a blog versus uh, recommending a quote for an executive who's a client? Um, I feel like it's pretty darn similar, actually. Uh, you know, with a news release, generally your name says, for more information, contact Ryan Puckett. And I don't think that's to imply Ryan Puckett wrote this release only, nobody else had anything to do with it, so don't even think about asking that question. I think what it implies is, if you want to know more about the if issue, call Ryan Puckett. Um, now, when I write it, if I'm one of the people writing it and I am forced to write a quote, which, by the way, I actually don't like doing because what happens is I write something that sounds like something somebody would actually say, and then it ends up getting changed by the CEO or the top marketing person into something that no human would actually spout. And so the fact that it goes into the release in the end, it's when I write on behalf of a company, when that thing goes out, it represents the company, not just me and not just the person who had the quote. And so um, I end up being okay with the quote in this sort of you know, droid-like language because that's, a, that's part of the other part of the organization. You know? But did I tell the story? Uh, did I tell the story? Did I convey the message? Did I achieve the objective? I, I think that that kind of keeps it in the same realm as what I'm talking about when I talk about the way that I consider ghost blogging. So on a blogging platform then, why not be transparent about that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know. I think the practice of a blog is pretty much who posts the blog, just posted by. You know, most people don't write at the end, you know, have a great day, Ryan. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, they, it just says posted by, and you assume, well, Ryan, Ryan, must have, Ryan must have wrote this, or this reflects Ryan's opinion. Did I answer your question? Not exactly, but I mean. Doing such a good job. The, um, I mean, you, you went Old Testament on us in the. Uh, in the yeah. <laughs> I was gonna get medieval. On you, so, so I'm gonna go a little New Testament on you. Sure. And, I can be it. And, and Silas. Okay. Wrote with transcribed letters for Saint Paul. Right. But he noted that in the letter. Right. Because people knew who Paul was. Are you was. better than Saint Paul? Right? <laughs> No, I'm not any better, but I'm not any worse. Uh, you know, Paul had a lot of flaws, and so do I. Joanne, if you're watching, uh, that's my wife. I've got some flaws. Um, you know, it was important for Silas in that opinion because everybody, people were like, who are you? You know, mm -hmm. it was important for him to say, and Paul sends his things, of this, you know, and so let's just take this to the CEO thing. For me to write, you know, John Q. CEO, 
says this. Uh, and so here I am saying it. I, I just don't think it matters to the audience. Do they know that the message is coming originally from John Q. CEO? Then they're like, okay, that's fine. If that audience is okay with it. Again, if it's like a bunch of employees, and I think it maybe is different. If you're trying to communicate with your employees and generate morale and that kind of stuff, I think it's different. So, so but in that, why not write a blog post, say, for your father, this and say, you know, Mike's out showing houses today, right? and I am, yeah, but, you know, he says the, the market's coming back, or... Right. Why not? Right, are you saying, like... He's probably going to get three or four listings off this, by the way. <laughs> no. Uh, I think also what you're trying to say is, why not write... Ryan contributed this piece. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying why not write it, and if you want to write it in the first person, why not write it as Ryan? And because I'm not an expert in real estate. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, if somebody's reading Mike's blog, right. they're looking for expertise about real estate. Right. So when I write it, all, and again, all I'm really doing is editing it, fixing it, cleaning it up, and doing all the administrative work that goes along with it that they don't have time to do, then if you want to call that ghost blogging, that's fine with me, and I'm fine with it. Um, but I'm not the expert, so it shouldn't say, I think this, I think this, I think this. I happen to know a few things about real estate because I write about it. You know, I've bought and sold a home, blah, blah, blah. My sister also happens to be an agent, you know, etc. Um, so he is the expert. It would be like... If I helped write an op-ed for the paper, and I sent that op-ed into the paper, and it was published, and it said, Ryan Puckett. And they're like, who is Ryan Puckett? They know who the CEO is. And the CEO is the person who's the expert. And so why write you know, my name on there? I think it just confuses people. Like, who's this guy? You know, I think if we wanted to, and the newspapers or you know other out new media outlets wanted us to have our names on there, then fine. But the practice has become: who's the top author? Who's the person who really represents this idea? Who's the expert in the field? And then that person gets the byline. Raquel, following along on that, it, who it is, and nobody cares who Ryan is if he's blogging about real estate. Is it? Is it all right for, say, a director of social media or a social media manager or an agency even on behalf of a company to blog without signing a name to it or to blog as Ford Motor Company or General Motors or Eli Lilly? Well, if you're blogging for the company and it is a company blog, I think there it's okay. It might be somebody's job inside that company to be the blogger. Um, it, they might outsource it, um, and I think that's different if it's coming from an institution. Um, they probably have different goals with that blog. It's not um, about necessarily connecting possibly. Maybe they're blogging on topics and creating um, a zillion keywords that help them with their search engine um, results or um, continue on, you know, maybe they're following an event or talking about a campaign, and, and there's a daily factor to that that a blog outlet might be a good medium for it. Um, but if it's the Ford CEO, that's where my line draws. Um, I, I do think that that would, would be wrong. Um, I kind of have a Raquel gut test on a lot of things, for good or bad. Um, and 
the taste test is simply if I'm okay with it, then then I'm okay with it. And if I'm not, I'm not. If my if I hire Mike Puckett as my realtor because I have read his blog and he says, Oh my son writes those, my gut would be like, Scooth. Not sure you're gonna continue as my realtor. So that's just, um, I, I think a lot of this comes down to where your personal, um, I won't say ethical, but maybe I should, but for me, I just use the word gut. It's, it's, it happens to be where I have a reaction and that is just what it is. It's my personal opinion, you can't take it away from me, it is what it is. So in, in a lot of these places, talk to an individual. So you're gonna have those individual gut reactions. Take the, if you wanna take the risk, then take the risk. Ryan, uh, assuming that, that Raquel is not unique in the universe, because she's got a valid point of view here, do you feel like you risk and we risk alienating significant parts of our audience when we do this, whether or not we think it's right or wrong? Is there a, an aha man behind the curtain moment that even if it's yeah. 10 or 20 or 40 or whatever it is percent of your audience is going to be like, well, you know, this, this is a commercial? Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, it's all about the audience's expectation. Yeah, you run that risk. If the audience's expectation, if, if Raquel goes and, you know, meets my dad, they're driving around, he goes, oh, she's like, you know, I just loved your blog, and he says, oh, Ryan writes that, then yeah, you know, she's going to ruin that expectation. That, But he's not going to say that. <laughs> no, 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 he's not going to deny it. He doesn't have to now. No, what he's going to say is, my son helps me with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, or my my PR agency name. helps me with that. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, you know, I, I use this in my original argument. Uh, Michael Jordan does not mow his own lawn, okay? Michael Jordan is a really good basketball player, okay? But if somebody comes up to his house and goes, hey, MJ, I really like your lawn, and he says, thanks, I've been working on it all week, then that's wrong. If he's got a, does he have to have a sign that says landscaped by Ryan outside of it? That's his prerogative. He can or can't. It doesn't matter. It's still his lawn. It's the kind of lawn he wants to have. What would really be wrong, you know, like I okay, said, I, is... I, I, we, 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 I, we got yeah. questions back here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Just repeat the questions when they come. I, oh, I, will, I will do that. Hey, uh, my name is Phoenix Cavalier. Glad to be here. Um, I guess I, I think there's a bunch of us chomping at the bit here, but I just wanted to break it open here. I think one element that's missing here is the writer. And you know a lot about you know what the viewer is expecting, what the the vendor or the partnership with that brand might be. But I think as writers, I think as you said, I agree with, and I think Shakespeare's at best. The word is not the thing. Whether it's a blog, a newsletter, copy editing. I've written copy for a website. I don't get credit for that. Whatever. But as a writer. I think the desired outcome is, am I writing? So currently, when you say, in the 21st century, I'm a writer, you have to say, what are the tools that we're using? I'm not using a printing press. I'm not printing very much. I am blogging, because that's how writers write today. So I think from the first person, what do we do as a writer today? It's no longer um, you know, really about us. It's more about the message. So that's my thought. OK. I have a question. Okay. Um, is an actor giving a monologue? Who's it for? I'm, oh, I'm not Sir involved Bo in that. Both of them. Okay. Um, but more Raquel then. I guess you brought this up. Is an actor giving a monologue the same, different as a politician delivering a speech? Question is, is an actor giving a monologue the same, different, 
or, similar. or similar to a politician giving a speech? I don't really care about either of those situations. I care about if the actor is writing their blog. And if they are writing their blog, and the blog is coming from Jane Fonda, I think we talked about. Um, so Jane isn't the, per the author behind that, then, but I think Jane is, and then I find out she's not. My opinion of Jane goes way down. Who's got a question for Ryan? The question is, um, what if the realtor in this case gets a listing or gets a buyer um, a, uh, 